Happy Wednesday, everybody. It's Rich Birch from Unseminary. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a special episode today. It's a roundtable discussion on lessons learned from a megachurch and from a church plant around how COVID-19 is impacting their church. But before we jump in on that, um, I want to make you aware of a resource that I think could be particularly helpful at this time. Uh, We've been talking about the Red Letter Challenge over these last number of months, and I really do think your church should consider now is a perfect time for you to pull the trigger and do the Red Letter Challenge. This could be perfect for people uh, who are at home. It's a great way for you to rally your people around the teaching of Jesus, something we need to do. Uh, What if you saw an increase in the total number of people uh, attending in your small groups, even if they're virtual? It's a 40-day turnkey church campaign that centers around making more effective disciples of Jesus. And you know, and I know that we need that at this time of year. Over 60,000 people have completed the Red Letter Challenge and 100% of the pastors who have done it recommend it. Listen, I want you to consider Red Letter Challenge now during this period of time, even more than before. Go to Red Leather, Red Letter, not Red Leather, Red Letter Challenge dot com forward slash unseminary and they've got packages ready to go they're waiting today they would love to send them to you whether 10 or a thousand pull the trigger on this this would be great for you redletterchallenge.com forward slash unseminary uh, they'll be so happy to have have you uh, love zach and the whole team over there all right let's jump in with today's special episode of the unseminary podcast let's go Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to a special Wednesday edition of the Unseminary Podcast. Super excited that you are tuning in. Obviously, these are bizarre times that we live in. It's amazing how quickly uh, things can change. And so today, I'm super honored to have two friends of mine on the line to really talk about how our churches are being impacted by this whole coronavirus, COVID-19. And so we want to hopefully have a conversation around that. Uh, My friend Peter Goeski is from Hope City Church in Florida. Fantastic fantastic leader. Uh, then we've also got Josh Crane, a friend of mine from uh, California Inland Hills Church. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thanks. Hey, Rich. Why thanks so we, much for having us. Why don't we start with you, Josh, telling us a little bit about your church. Kind of give us the, you know, the, a bit of the story. Tell us where you are, that kind of thing. Give us a sense of your church. Yeah, our church is about 30 years old. We're located just east of uh, Los Angeles. And so we're in kind of like an LA suburb called Chino uh, in Chino Hills, kind of right here together in the Chino Valley. We are about 2,200 or so on a weekend. And um, I've been here six months as the lead pastor. I, I moved here from Pennsylvania six months ago. And so it's an interesting kind of first year to be in the lead pastor position. <laughs> <laughs> We've no kidding. Been a year, right? there, there were lots of things that I knew would be challenges in my first year, but worldwide pandemic was not on the list. It probably. wasn't on the list. Of, <laughs> no, it didn't uh, make the top 10. It doesn't make that list of five things to worry about in your first year in a new job. It, it exactly doesn't make right. it. That's amazing. Are you close to Corona, California? I was thinking about we're, this. this we're so close. Yeah. In fact, my, my apartment <laughs> complex is is five minutes north of Corona, California. <laughs> Oh, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been fun. <laughs> oh my goodness. I imagine they must be having just a, a heyday with that. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, Peter, why don't you tell us about, uh, about your church? Yeah. So our church is called Hope City Church. We are here in Sarasota, Florida. 
And uh, we are, unlike Josh, we're three years old, and we are a church plant of about 350 people right now. Uh, interesting thing about our church is that many people think of Florida as being an old kind of retired state. And yet uh, our church is actually quite young. We err uh, more on the side of having young families. We've got uh, a lot of kids. So a part of that 350, we have 100 kids that show up every weekend and about 25 to 40 teenagers on a Sunday morning um, on any given Sunday. So it's been interesting as we navigate this past week uh, with that in mind. Hmm, interesting. Uh, so yeah, the, over this last uh, week, I was actually traveling with uh, our youth group from our church. I was uh, on a missions trip in Guatemala as kind of all this yeah, stuff went, went down. And uh, it was, I decided not to take my computer because I was like, nah, it's fine. I don't need to take my computer. <laughs> all I had was my, my phone. Um, and it was amazing watching remotely kind of what was happening in so many friends church and, and both of your churches caught my attention. So why don't we start with you, Peter, tell us a little bit of kind of going like last weekend seemed to be the weekend that everything changed. Um, as yeah. we went into that weekend, kind of what was happening in your kind of leadership circles? What were some of the things that were sure. going on? What were some of the conversation? We'll start with you. And then I'd love to hear you after that, Josh. Sure. You know, a part of part of being a church planter is you got to push through a lot of uncertainty. And <laughs> so there's like in the early days, it's there's just you get up and you just do it and you don't know who's going to show up anyway. And so there was a little bit of that as I headed into this weekend of the thought process early on last week was like, you know what, like, it's just going to be like any other given weekend. You know, we may have some light <laughs> attendance. We may have, you know, some things that are different. But um, I was just honestly, quite honestly thinking, no, we're going we're gonna to push ahead. You know, this is happening around the world. It's happening in California. It hasn't really hit here. Um, and then honestly, though, it was like I had a conversation with one of our people from church who was actually very sick. And there was this thought process that, the potential was they they might have been in contact with somebody with COVID-19. And it was in that moment when everything became real for me, when it kind of moved stateside, it moved right into my own neighborhood. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I have a responsibility here to make some decisions. And my MDiv actually didn't prepare me as a medical doctor. So uh, right. So true. I need to start looking for people around me that have been trained in this and get some outside voices into what it is that we're going to do as a church. So it was crazy. And what did some of those outside voices look like? Like, how did you start to kind of gather, you know, some, some people around you? Yeah. So in our church, we, we have a, uh, a large community of medical doctors and, and I, I leaned into some of their, their knowledge and, and asked them, you know, what are some best practices for them? Uh, what are they doing for their families? And, you know, with that in mind, it was like, I'm going to get some, some wisdom from you based upon mm -hmm. you're protecting your own family. How do I protect the family, the, uh, the church family mm -hmm. that God has asked me to, and, and, you know, entrusted with me. And then I also, you know, contacted our overseers and said, Hey guys, what are you doing? Uh, like what recommendations do you have? And of course we talk a big game about wanting to be for our city. But you can't really be for your city if you're not submitting to the leadership of your city. And so we were we were trying pretty hard to follow along with with what the guidelines of you know our government officials were, and um, you know obviously with within um, 
you know, some, some level of, of understanding there as well. So we were trying to, to fit into that, that scheme of things. Cool. Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit kind of heading into last weekend, where was your headspace at? What were you learning? How, what kind of what happened through that process? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a news junkie. I kind of had a seminary professor that made me that way over the course of a couple of years in conversation. So I've been following this around the world pretty closely. Um, and I had some friends overseas who, who were impacted as well. So it was, you know, I was, I was fairly aware of it. I think Wednesday of last week, I sat with, with our creative arts team here and said, Hey, um, this is, this is coming. And it's, you know, it's already blown up in Washington state, which is just a little North of us. And we probably need to be prepared for this Sunday to be our last Sunday to physically meet. Like, I really think that's going to happen. And everybody was like, no, that's not. And I said, no, I really think so. And then I remember saying, I mean, this Sunday's a slam dunk. We'll definitely all meet this Sunday. Oh gosh. And then oh, it was it. like 10 hours later that the NBA canceled their season. Right. And so, and, and, you know, from there things escalated really quickly. And so we were meeting the next morning and I would say by that point, our state was giving guidance not to have gatherings of over 250 people. And um, I, so, so when they gave that guidance, it felt like it wasn't a hard decision for us to say, we're not going to do that. It was hard on us because mm-hmm. we love the gathering of the body. We love worshiping together, but it wasn't hard to make that call. We just felt like, um, you know, we, we had a few people who were like, well, where's your faith and all this. And my response was just, look, I, this is really more of a result of our faith than it is because of a lack mm-hmm. of faith. We, we just, we feel called to be caring for those around us, right? Similar to what Peter said and be a, a force of good in our community. And so we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to work with the governing authorities to try to slow the spread of this as much as possible. So, uh, so the call was fairly easy to make. Now, what was tough is that we, we hadn't been live streaming yet. Um, mm-hmm. we, we were planning on launching that in the fall. So we had put some things in place to, we bought some equipment, we were, but we hadn't tested anything really, uh, to the degree that you'd want to, before you really said like, Hey, everybody come join us for this. And so that our team just hustled. I mean, just did an awesome job. It was go mm-hmm. time from Thursday through, through the end of the day, Sunday to get all that together. And so a lot of the rest of the week was figuring out how do we handle Sunday? And then when we get to Monday, we'll try to figure out all the other pieces that are going to be involved in this moving forward. Yeah, it's good. Let's talk about kind of what you actually did. So on the Sunday piece, particularly, and then we'll talk about kind of the ministries around that. Josh, you will pick up where you were at there. So you obviously were thinking about streaming before you jumped in on it and did it. Let's talk about what that actually looked like uh, on that first weekend. Um, You know, what did you actually do just on the weekend piece? And then we'll talk about the other. Yeah, sure. Yeah, for that, man, we decided that we would um, have our worship team come in and just lead a regular set. Our, our goal in the first Sunday, at least, was that people who were feeling anxious could tune in and it would feel somewhat normal to them. It would look kind of like a regular Sunday. I'm not sure that's going to be our strategy, actually, moving forward in, in the next several weeks. But we wanted that first Sunday, at least, to feel, okay, this is this is people I'm familiar with. This is the way that this would look if I were there physically. Um, and so we we used uh, Life Church's. Uh, online church platform mm-hmm, to do that. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. also pushed to YouTube and this week we'll, we'll be on Facebook as well. Okay. And then we, we pushed all lots of communication out through email, through social media, that that was happening. We, um, and then the message I gave was specifically called hope in crisis, like Jesus and coronavirus, really talking about yeah. this moment that we're in and what the opportunities are uh, as the church. And so uh, that was, yeah, that was kind of Sunday. We, we went ahead and did our regular times. So for us, it's 8, 30, 10 and 11, 30. We had p- multiple pastors on the chat room so that when anybody said like, hey, you know, the, the flower family is here, we'd be like, oh, hey, flowers, it's great to see you. 
and just people gave, gave some prayer requests. It was um, the team all gathered together. We use Slack here at our church. And so yep. we did video conference over Slack so that the team could be saying like, hey, who's got that family? Hey, can someone say hi to this person? Like, oh, great. So, yeah. so we're really trying to make it feel like not just that you were watching something, but that you were watching something with other people because you were, um, yeah. but to really like extend that and make it feel like there's some community happening here. And I thought that part was was huge and hugely helpful. Yeah, that's great. And and you found uh, this like on the technical side, obviously you weren't in the weeds of actually the technical setup on, you know, Life Church's uh, platform and all that, but all that actually went okay. And when it was all said and done, the fact, which is actually astonishing when you think about that, right? That's from like, <laughs> we're not doing it. And then it's like, and which is the amazing thing, right? Like it's, I yeah. think I heard there were 20 million people watch church online last weekend, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that all went okay from your seat. That went great. And it went great because we have, we have team members who made it go great. I mean, our yeah. uh, creative arts pastor, his name is Bradley Fox. And uh, he worked with a couple other folks, a guy named Yoshi, which what a great mm-hmm. name, and uh, Tom Brown <laughs> to, to, make, to make all that work. There was troubleshooting for sure. There were a few glitches and hiccups, but man, they got that stuff ironed out fast. So really, it's, it, my team just did an amazing job. I can't say enough quality things about them. Yeah, I love what you, I love, just want to highlight there, underline for people who are listening in, uh, just that takeaway around, hey, what we don't want to be, what we're trying to do is still create community even when we're online. And so how are we following up with these little leads that we're getting this like, hey, this is this person, I'm here, that kind of thing. I love that idea of using Slack or some kind of back channel to communicate with other parts of the team. Hey, who can take that conversation? I would suspect, I know we're seeing people, you know, exhibiting anxiety and exhibiting like, hey, I'm scared or that kind of thing. And so we want to follow those things up we want to find a way to build a system to be able to do that i love the idea of slack on that uh peter why don't you tell us a little bit about what what did you guys actually do how did that you know what did the on the service piece particularly what did that look like sure we had to transition uh to a digital platform as well just like most of the the country and um i right we were right along with josh like we were not doing anything online in fact the only thing that we've ever we've ever posted is a message content. And so we've never done music online. We've never done any uh, hosting online. We've never done any of that kind of thing. And so this was all new in the, in the, a matter of about 72 hours. And so our team pulled it all together. And unfortunately we didn't have a great platform to stream it from so we were we were literally building this thing way into the wee hours of Saturday night, honestly, Sunday morning uh, before it was Sunday morning, about three o'clock before I went to bed um, because we just weren't at the place where we needed to be. But, you know, our service, we we did the best we could. Uh, I think that we had some really good engagement. You know, just like Josh, uh, we actually had people, some of our staff team, we had them just jumping in and conversing with people. And uh, what I think we did accomplish was the sense that we were all in this together, mm-hmm. that there wasn't a, a, hey, we're just watching this thing. And of course, we're going to change our programming with regards to that in the future. But we we engaged with one another on social media. Uh, our team in a matter of, you know, 12 hours put pulled together some actually some uh, coloring pages for younger kids. Like I said, we got 100 kids every weekend, which is about a little under a third of our church. And so we were able to get that to parents before the service started. And, you know, there was just pictures kind of coming in about, hey, this is my kid at church online coloring this page and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, 
what I was encouraged by is that in spite of the chaos, we were able to continue to serve our families and serve our people. Yeah, I love that. Uh, one of my, uh, for folks that know me, if we end up talking about church online, so I've been involved in church online stuff since, I don't know, 2008, 2009. But I uh, have been a little bit of a critic of it. And one of the reasons why I've been a critic of it is because of the kids angle. And so I love that because because the church, I think personally, is a family ministry, like it is best understood as families coming together. And so, and I haven't yet seen, now, interestingly, we're starting to see some of this. I haven't seen churches actually tackle the kids side from a, you know, um, a church online point of view. And so I love that how you were, you know, you had these, even just something simple of like, Hey, here's a printout here, you know, print this out on your home computer. Here's a coloring sheet, that kind of thing. Josh, what did you guys do on the kids front? If you didn't do anything, what are you thinking about on the, on the future? No, we did actually. So we, in the schedule for church online, we had our regular service and then we had a children's sermon scheduled after each regular service. Mm. And so we had our children's pastor do a children's message. It was about 10 minutes long. He even like created, I mean, crafts to go with it and everything. And, and it was really engaging. And we just said, Hey, his name is Dan. We said, Dan, um, can you just talk, go ahead and talk about coronavirus. Like yep. kind of taking a, a page out of the Fred Rogers book, right? Mr. Rogers neighborhood yeah. where he would just, he would just mm, talk good. about the hard things. We thought, hey, just talk about it. Talk about it in a you know, non-scary way. Um, yep. But in doing so, like we think we can, we can both be helpful to the kids, but also show the parents how to talk to their kids about it also. And right. Dan did an amazing job with that. So we, ha- we had a ton of people hang around who even who don't have kids after our regular service was over just to see what we were going to say in the children's sermon. And we're doing that again this week because we had great feedback from it. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a great practical, even this idea of like, hey, at the end of the service, let's have our kids staff come and do kind of a moment for, uh, you know, for, uh, for children. That's great. Love it. Great takeaway. Um, all right. So that obviously church is, you know, Sunday's a big deal. It's a big part of what we do. The weekend's a big deal. What about the rest of the ministry? How has that shifted in the last week? What are you doing different now to try to stay engaged with people in a world where we can't gather with more than 10 people at a time. Um, you know, what is, what does that look like for you, Josh? Well, in our County, just this morning said you can't gather at all. So it's, oh, wow. it's not even 10 or more. So we're, we went ahead and made the decision yesterday based on what we knew to tell groups don't meet, right. Don't, don't gather mm-hmm. physically, but we're going to push you out an option. Here's what we'd love for you to do. We'd love for you to start e-groups and we'd love for you to use specifically zoom software, uh, which mm-hmm. we're actually using to record this podcast. Um, yeah. We'd love for you to use Zoom software because it's easy, it's free, um, and a lot of people can join. And then we are we sent an email kind of lining all that up, explaining what was happening. I think communication is so incredibly key right now. So explaining to all of our leaders and coaches and small groups exactly what we were doing. And then I think tonight, yeah, today's Wednesday, tonight we're having a coaching call. So all of our small groups leaders are going to call in with some of our um, staff, and we're going to show them how to use Zoom. Uh, in real time, Love answering it. questions, and they and so we're trying to get them really comfortable with the software, and then they're going to be using that and launching that through the rest of this week. And we're we're hoping to actually even start new groups that don't exist yet in the coming weeks mm-hmm. by giving people the option to sign up for e groups on our website because uh, we have some folks who are interested in hosting that and being a part of that. And we may even use um, you've probably heard of Rooted before, so we may mm-hmm. even start some Rooted groups. We're in conversations with them right now about how they've done that well virtually. We have a bunch of books actually that we were about to launch. We may start some rooted groups virtually as well here in the next few weeks. 
Yeah, I love that. So a couple things just to underline. I love how you're providing the technical training side. Um, like, hey, let's 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 go out of our way to help our people. There is a um, I don't know what it is, but it's like people people are not necessarily technical people. So like people that are really good at leading a, a small group are not necessarily the same people right. that are great at using Zoom. And so I think that's a good pickup, right? Like, hey, let's actually take a time. Let's have a call. We're going to walk through. This is how this works. How do we, you know, this is we click on this button. What does it mean? You know, because all that, I think that's super great. Um, and I think you're, too, I love the idea of pushing, like saying, hey, maybe now's the time actually for us to accelerate, do more, um, you know, more uh, training, more like like doing rooted, like hey, we're going to add content. You know, one of the things, so because I'm, I've done a bunch of online courses, I'm in some online course discussion groups and we're seeing on that side from a business point of view, that's actually increasing in the last week because people yeah. are saying hey i've got more time on my hands right and thinking oh maybe maybe there's something there for the church to say hey how do we actually provide more opportunity at this point something like rooted or um you know i know peter your church did the red letter challenge that kind of some material like that 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 actually helps that actually provides more for people to to do at this point could be actually really helpful yeah. peter what about you how has it shifted your yeah. your ministry where are you guys at on meeting are you are you in that kind of 10 and less you can't do or 10 and more you can't do or what does that look like? Yeah, everything's changing day by day here in Florida as well. Right. And so we're in the very similar situation as Josh. Um, currently, we are allowed to meet in groups of 10. However, our stance as a church has been, um, listen, there's no no judgment here if you decide to go uh, completely digital with your, your group. Um, in fact, we are encouraging people to help flatten this curve by minimizing contact with one another. And uh, but increasing the engagement with one another. So there's a, there's a rub there. Um, but you know, one of the things that I think that our church being a smaller church that what we've had to do is we've had to say, okay, so what is it that we're capable of doing? We can't do everything, but we're, that doesn't mean we do nothing. So we're going Mm -hmm. to do something. And, you know, so hanging out as a staff team, uh, we've decided that, you know, we're going to move forward with very intentional uh, care practices for our people. And um, there's some really creative ways that people are coming up with. And um, like, we're still able to move about right now. So there's this whole like ding dong ditch thing going with uh, young (laughs) families. Uh, I know that I've seen some people, they put together bags of like picture books that their kids have outgrown. And they're bringing Mm. them to families with younger kids. They're writing a a quick note in there and encouraging the younger kids. And they're saying, hey, you know, these were some of my favorite books and I hope you enjoy them. And um, so there's the social distancing aspect, but then there's a very intentional care component with that as well. Um, Just, you know, from a very practical standpoint, we have shut down our offices. So we're not meeting um, in our office, but uh, we're going to be giving packages of note cards and stamps and envelopes and everything that we need to our staff members. And we're literally trying to make sure that every person in our church gets a handwritten note uh, within the next, you know, two weeks from one of our staff members, increasing that personal touch. It's like, we, there's so many opportunities. It almost feels like we're going back to 1980, 1990, old school, (laughs) like you know, phone chains and all this kind of stuff, but uh, it it worked for so many years for a reason. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're leveraging both sides of the equation. We are pushing all into the digital, but we're also making sure that we're increasing our analog touch as well. 
yeah, I love the high tech, high touch kind of stuff, right? Where yeah, how yeah. do we see, how do we get a way, you know, this is a great medium. I'm a big fan of digital, but if there's ways that we sure. can be physical as well, um, you know, what can we do on that? Also to underline the increased communication, I, you know, I, I don't think most churches do enough communication in general, but this is not the season for us to pull back. Friends. We <laughs> have got not. to That's push right. in and do mm. more than probably more than makes you feel comfortable. Like you should be doing more videos. You should be doing more yeah. Facebook lives. You should be doing more. Both of you have done very good. Like, and we'll link to you in the show notes here, but have done very good. Like, Hey, just, this is me on a camera talking about whatever videos, like that mm. stuff is super important. Um, you know, at this moment, can we talk mm. a little bit about like what happened attendance wise on the weekend? Um, you know, what, what went on on that front? If you're comfortable, I'd love to hear a little bit on the financial side. I know there are a lot of churches worried about that, frankly. So, sure. um, you know, I've seen some kind of disturbing posts that have been like, I think there's, I, I think it comes from a place of pastors just being scared about the money. And so they're really all they're being clear on is how to give money to the church. They're not being clear on anything yep. else. Um, so I'd love to hear kind of uh, where that's at and then what you're thinking about, you know, even in the, in the coming weeks. So what, yeah, financially numbers wise attendance, all that, what's that look like? Uh, why don't we start with you, Peter? <laughs> Thanks, Rich. Or maybe Josh. I yeah, think sure. So uh, <laughs> part of the, well, okay. So part of the problem for us is that, uh, we didn't have a, a platform built for this. And so it's hard to come up with some you know, actual data based upon how many people showed up. We're ready for that this weekend. Uh, in fact, the, the irony is we signed up for church online platform as well. We're fully ready to go. We've tested it out. I feel confident that it's going to work for us and it's going to be incredible. Um, but I honestly, I can't tell you because actually one of the things I learned is that uh, we built our, we built Sunday morning on the backs of other people. So we used, we utilized Facebook. Well, Facebook crashed on us and it was right. awful. And so we had to shift everybody over to YouTube. And, but then if you don't have a login on YouTube, you can't comment. And so it was just so frustrating and difficult. And um, so I don't know that I can answer the I don't have a good sense of how many people did actually show up versus uh, a previous week, but from the financial standpoint, uh, you know, we, thankfully we started our church in the, the era of online giving anyway. So it sort of became a natural push for, from us from the, from day one. Um, so as of right now, our church has seen a, a decrease or a decline of about 15% in our giving. Um, and you know, I anticipate that that will probably grow, but at the same time, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not super fearful of that based upon the fact that it's baked into our culture right now, uh, since we launched the church, uh, to be giving online. Yeah, that makes sense. How, how about you, Josh? Where, where was that at from, uh, you know, numbers and all that point of view? Yeah. So like, so normally at 2,200 on a weekend, uh, we had no real platform built for this at all. So we didn't have like an audience that had been following a live stream because it was the first time we'd ever done it. We had, I think it was around 1500 unique devices attached to our church online um, stream. And then we had some more on YouTube, uh, but people who attached church online, they stayed like almost all of them stayed for most of the service. 
YouTube. Oh, wow. I don't I don't have current data on that, but I know that having been in a church where we we broadcast on Facebook Live before, we'd have way more views than what I just said, like way more than fifteen hundred views of as far as unique individuals. But it could be that someone watched for two minutes or thirty seconds, or right. you know they paused while they were scrolling through their Facebook feed for a little bit and got that. So we felt like um, that number has a lot of room to grow in the coming weeks. We also feel like um, you know each one of those unique devices probably is a, is a couple people or more uh, on average, right. because we know we had like whole families like tuning in, that kind of thing. So we're, we're guessing we had, you know, around our regular attendance or more, yeah, 20, 22 to yeah. 3000 probably that were watching online this first weekend. I think we'll, we have room to increase that this weekend. Our, our hope is that we would do it. Um, and then to broadcast to Facebook, we think is going to be really helpful as well. From a giving perspective, we've been, um, I would almost, it's almost feels like a, a, a Providence thing. We, we just went through a series on giving. And oh, wow. okay. talked, talked about generosity. And I did that because it was obvious when I got here that that was not something the church had really ever been comfortable talking about in its history. Mm-hmm. And so it, we were fine financially. Like I wasn't, you know, we weren't in trouble. I wasn't trying to shame anyone into giving or anything like that. <laughs> it's just this, just this idea that like people who are more recent followers of Jesus, they, they have no idea what they're supposed to be doing with their finances, unless right. we point them to some, to some scriptural principles around that. And so we just took a few weeks to, to do that. And that was literally the last full series we did before all this happened. We were a couple of weeks mm-hmm. into a new series, but, um, but we had seen a, a pretty, a pretty uh, substantial increase in giving the last uh, three weeks before this most recent Sunday. And even in this most recent Sunday, it wasn't as high as it was the two weeks before that, but it was a lot higher than it had been on average for the first, for the first two months of our year. Now huh. that may taper off a lot this week. I don't right. know. We, we've pushed a lot of people toward online giving. We are having, um, we're going to have Zoom calls with all of our leaders and all of our, um, all of our uh, donors. We're inviting them to Zoom calls where they can just sit with me and our executive pastor, mm-hmm. Audrey Eisenberg, who I think is perhaps one of the best executive pastors on the planet. She is. She's amazing. She's <laughs> she really is. So, and she's been awesome through all this. Like, yeah. I mean, all of these systems we're having to build and spin up. She's been hugely a, a central part of all that, right? But we're going to be talking with them this, uh, I think, early next week. We're letting them know about it this week. And giving them opportunity to, for them to just get updates. We're just going to walk them through, hey, here's our plan, right? We've been in endless meetings about this, but you don't know what that is. Yes. You probably yes. have your fingers crossed and hope that we're leading well. But here's what we're doing. <laughs> and hey, here's here's what we're, here's how you can help. And one of the things, not the only one, but one of the things we're going to talk about is, hey, there are going to be some people who lose their jobs, right? Or have mm-hmm. limited income. And we have an opportunity here to reach a ton of people, I think, in the coming right. weeks and, and potentially, potentially months. And so um, I'm going to encourage you guys, if you haven't automated your giving, to consider doing that. And if you feel mm-hmm. like you could give more, like to consider doing that, because there's going to be people who aren't just, they're just not going to have it. Mm-hmm. And I want to I ask them on the front end, right, to give toward vision, as opposed to getting 10 weeks down the road and asking them to give toward need. And so yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that's our hope right now, as far as like the financial piece goes. Oh, I love that. And so you're setting up like a, like, so like a tool or something where they can book a call. Hey, let's book, look, get a time together. What works well? Let's grab. Yeah, we're going to set phone. up. Yeah, multiple times they can sign up for a slot and we can we can host up to I think up to 300 leaders at a time on that. And so we'll it'll be us. They won't all be able to see each other. Oh, I see. Okay, like they can type in a question. Yeah, it's more like a meeting. They can type in a question and it's it's a private thing. Right. We're not putting it everywhere on social media because I don't want to I don't want to load our social media down with calls for, you know, giving more money to the church right now or all kinds of stuff like that. But there's some people who understand that yes. the church has to be funded to be missional. Like they get yes. it and I can talk to them about it and they don't get all sideways about it, freaked out about and, it, yeah. uh, and invite them into something. 
Yeah, I was talking to a church leader again. It's all starting to get blurry. It's those days where yesterday <laughs> or the day before, like, right. and it was after the weekend, and a guy walked into the literally walked into their office with a twenty five thousand dollar check and said, "Listen, I I know you need this now, um, and there and there are those people in your church, right, that are yeah. you know mission driven. They're not even though their portfolio has taken a huge hit in the last couple of weeks, they still know, hey, we've got to push this thing forward, and there's great opportunity. I think that alone, right there, that's a great takeaway. Hey, what if we booked some you know, kind of private meeting stuff for, um, you know, for those folks. And again, there is that segment of our donor community that won't, that's not freaked out about that. Um, you know, what about you, Peter, where are you at on all kind of all of those pieces? What, what are you thinking these days around the, um, you know, kind of the, the future of the finances, all that thing, is there anything you've, any plans on your front on that, that piece? Yeah, obviously, you know, as a staff team, we've had to recognize that this is a current reality and so our current reality moving forward means that you know we have to get even a little bit scrappier we have to get a little bit hungrier um, in terms of how do we make things you know work with what we've got and how do we but quite honestly we're just learning so much as we go Um, you know I think one of the the benefits of of what where we've been is that uh, we have developed a decent amount of trust with our people over the last mm-hmm. three years. And so they, the bias from them is that we are going to lead well and we are right. going to um, you know, respond to people and their needs. So um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot that I could learn from Josh, to be honest with you. Like there's so much there that he's doing that or going to do that you know, we'll probably take a, a, a page out of that playbook and, and put <laughs> yeah, it into great. what we're doing over here at Hope City. Good. Um, well, what would be some uh, kind of, what are the short-term questions that you guys are struggling with? So we'll have, I don't know, four or 5,000 leaders on here and somebody, uh, you know, maybe have an answer to the question that you're, you know, that you're wrestling with. Josh, what's a question or two that you're wrestling with right now that you're like, I'm just not sure what to do about this piece of the equation. Yeah, we're, we're I think we're really wrestling with what we can do. Like we all want to model Jesus to the community and be a help in a time of trouble. And I think that the biggest tension for us right now is uh, we're actually being asked to not do much. Like right. the actual request is actually, can you guys mm. please just keep your distance and mostly stay inside and and not try to jump into the fire and save somebody because you may only make it worse. And that's, as I'm thinking back to like the second and third century, when Christians were some of the only people staying in the cities that were being infected by plagues, like that's the heroic thing that comes to mind. Like, oh, we should be, you know, doing something like that. But you had in the second and third century medical workers fleeing the cities because they were afraid for their lives. Right. What we're hearing right now is actually the more exposure you have, you're going to make it harder on medical workers to mm-hmm. do what they're supposed to do. And so I think we're still struggling with how can we be most helpful? How can we be a blessing right. to our community in this time? We know we can connect people to God. Um, we know that we can build online virtual community. We know that there may be some opportunities to meet needs within our congregation, food delivery, that kind of stuff. But but honestly, that huge um, memorable uh, gesture of, of assistance in the community may look more like staying at home, right. not exposing <laughs> other people to ourselves than it does something that we, you know, that people would write books about how heroic we are down, down the road. And that's, that's a tension that we have. So how to help in the midst of that is something I think we're still very much wrestling with. Yeah. And, and as this continues on, right, it's, it's hard to know, right. It changes day by day or hour by hour. And, you, you know, if, when you hear those scenarios of like, we could be hunkered down here for, a couple months, you know, you, you know, that on the back end that there's, I think there's going to be opportunity for 
totally. that kind of like, let's get everybody together. Let's do something. Let's do, just throw a party for the city or whatever, but that's just not, we're not in that spot. Right. And so right, how, right. How, how does that look like now? I think that's a good question. What about you, Peter? What are some kind of, you know, questions that are bubbling around in your yeah. brain these days um, as we continue to try to lead? Sure. One of the the questions that I'm stuck with is, is quite honestly, you know, how do I, how do I find balance in this chaos? Um, you know, for me, this has undone everything that I've built in the last three years. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's undone everything that I've learned in the last 20 years of ministry. And, you know, I'm not discounting, like, I've been on social, I've been on the digital ministry, you know, I've been involved in churches that are on the, the forefront of all of that. But what I've specifically built, what I have, like, poured my blood, sweat and tears into and what, you know, God has entrusted me with and all of that, like I wrestle with that. And uh, one of the things that we've done, even as a family is we've, we've had set up a family meeting every day at 10am, where we Mm. gather together and we, we answer two questions. One is how can we pray for each other today? And what are we grateful for today? We've had to build in some, some rhythms in our schedule. And the first day I answered very honestly, I looked at my kids and I said, you can pray for me because daddy is going to struggle with not being busy and productive. (laughs) And right now I feel like I'm back to the early days of church planting with like around the clock hustle and grind. And, and I'm asking myself, how do I lead well in times of, of chaos? And, and quite honestly, how do I not lose my own soul in, in the moments of, like trying to minister to people, like Josh said, like I, I want to run into the fire and yet we're being asked to not. So mm-hmm. it's just such a tension for me internally that I'm, I have to wrestle myself. I love that. I love that. Even just that real practical around, you know, how do we stay connected with our families in the middle of this? Yeah. There can be those times, right? Always of, I think that's a tension we feel in ministry in general, right? It's that we're, and I've had some of that same internal, like I'm, there's some fires I'm trying to put out. Um, and but then in the middle of doing that, that can create family chaos, right? right? Mm. Where I'm trying to help other right. people yeah. and that creates internal, uh, that's a good word for sure. Um, you know, Josh, if you were, so part of why I appreciate you and Audrey uh, is you reached out last week and you're like, hey, is there any way we can help? Um, you guys reached out and said that. If you were going to offer help to other church leaders today, what would that be? If there were ways that you think you could, you know, be of, of help or assistance, what, uh, what ways could you, uh, you know, provide some assistance to other churches? Yeah, I mean, I think that we're we're all experimenting in real time right now, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I'd I'd love to, um, like in my area here, I we I gathered with about uh, ten other pastors yesterday just to say mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? What's helpful? Like, what questions do you have? And so I think part of the way is like, if if someone wants to connect with me through social media, or mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'd be really happy to help or to or to give you resources to throw you at our creative arts pastor or somebody else if you have questions about how to do things. Uh, I know that we have somewhat limited capacity right now because we're spinning up a bunch of new systems. But, yeah. I, you know, unless we get a total deluge, like it's a priority for me right now to help other leaders. And so yeah. um, we've we've got some great staff members and I'm connected to some great leaders around the country who have been really helpful in shaping my own thinking over the last uh, you know couple of weeks. And so if I can provide that to somebody else who's listening to this, who would like to connect, like I'm I'm totally happy to do that uh, because so many people have poured into me over the years. If I can you know be a blessing right now, I'll be happy to. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Peter, what about you? Are there any ways you could, uh, you know, is there anything specifically you think you could, you know, offer help with or um, assistance on in these, in this day? 
Yeah, sure. You know, we've we're on the smaller side of the church world, so uh, we we understand some of those those early challenges and things of that nature. And so, you know, just like Josh said, if there's anything that you know I could I could do to help you, or you want to brainstorm or whatever, I'd, I'd be happy to do that. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I would encourage people is, you know, as you go through the different growth stages of your church and you look at the different um, requirements that are on the pastor, um, you know, I'm still in that place where a lot of the care comes directly from me. And and so I want to encourage you and I'd encourage other pastors listening and other church leaders listening right now is that you can't do it all, but you can do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the things I want to maybe discourage you from doing right now is now's not the time to build a personal platform. Uh, it's not the time to, to like pivot and, you know, come up with 10 different ways that you're the most influential person in the, the digital sphere right now, but you can be the most influential person in the sphere that God has already entrusted you with. And Mm -hmm. so I just think, man, this is such an opportunity for the church as we, as we give uh, people Jesus, as we make this about Jesus, uh, I think everything's going to be okay. And, Mm -hmm. and on the other side of it, just as Josh said early, like, I I agree with him. I think that the church, you know, attendance, when we get back together physically, I think it's going to be higher than what it was before we had to take this hiatus. But Uh, all along the way, like, let's not forget to give them Jesus, give them the hope of Christ in, in the midst of this. And, uh, you know, I think that God's gonna, God's clearly gonna win the day at the end of it. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think that we're in obviously super unique times, but I think God's going to do something pretty unique in our communities uh, in this season. You know, I've often thought it was interesting. I bumped into so many ministries and churches over the years who uh, their story is that they started around 9-11. It was like they started the mm, week after, yeah, or the week before, wow. or a month before, mm-hmm. and they referenced that in their story. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, God, we started this thing, and then 9-11 happened. And I, and I was thinking about this earlier today. I thought, you know, that's happening right now. There are, yeah. you know, we're going to look back and say, wow, like that was an inflection point. My prayer and hope is that for the folks that are listening on, in that this is a, this is the pivot point that uh, you'll look back on two, three years from now and say, man, like our church is so much healthier, so much we're reaching Mm. people more we're impacting our community um and something started in those you know quiet isolated days (laughs) um yeah yeah. uh, (laughs) Uh, so josh if people want to track with you get connected with you how can they do that find the church what's uh where do we want to send them for that yeah so inlandhills.com that's i-n-l-a-n-d-h-i-l-l-s.com is our is our church website can, um, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. So uh, Josh Crane, J-O-S-H-C-R-A-I-N is my Instagram and my uh, Twitter handle. And then um, Facebook, it's J Crane, just J-C-R-A-I-N. You can connect with me in all those places. Nice. How about you, Peter? If people want to track along with you, where, where should we go? So, uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Instagram is just at P-G-O-W-E-S-K-Y, P-G-O-W-E-S-K-Y. Uh, same thing on Facebook. Uh, our website for our church is hopecitysrq.com. And uh, we'd love to connect with you. And like I said earlier, if there's anything I can do to help, feel free to feel free to uh, you know, shoot me a message. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, friends. We uh, really appreciate you listening in today. We know there's a lot going on in your church. And, you know, our motto here on the inside at Seminary is always helping church leaders. So please reach out. Let us know if there's anything we can do uh, to help you get connected with resources, whatever. Let us know. Uh, cheering for you and hope that the rest of this week uh, goes well. Take care.
Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.